0: Live and festive
1: in the public's holiday headquarters studio at WSB.
2: It's 6.07 on a Saturday morning, 26 degrees outside. Oh, my friends, <laughs> it's cold outside. I was prepared last night. I went to bed in my t-shirt and I had my hoodie laid out on the end of the bed. Then I had my jacket laid out on top of that. And I thought, man, tomorrow morning when I get up, it ain't going to be warm. It ain't going to be balmy. It's going to be chilly. So I got my clothes straightened out and ready to go, and this morning jumped out of bed, got my cereal, went back to bed for just a little bit to read the news, and then came back out and got my warm clothes on. And here I am, News Talk, WSB Lawn and Garden Show, and the magic number, 404-872-0750. If you have any question about gardening plants, landscaping trees, watering houseplants... Christmas cactus, Thanksgiving cactus, Norfolk Island pine, African violet. If you have a question about anything in the green and growing or brown and dying natural world, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about it. 404-872-0750, the No Judgment Zone, where we don't care if you're successful or if you never have quite figured out what to do. Either way, I'm with you. There are a lot of things in the garden that I just haven't quite figured out what the plant really wants. And that many times is the key to gardening. It's just getting on the side of the plant, figuring out how the plant sees the world, and giving the plant what it wants. This morning I was thinking about what I want, and that was, or what I wanted, and that was my first job. My first job, real job, real taxpaying, got a job, was in the... I'm going to say ninth grade, something like that in high school, at Wayne's Five and Dime. Wayne's Five and Dime was the just about only place in Fayette County, Georgia, in Fayetteville, that you could go to shop for knick-knack, bric-a-brac, Christmas presents, things like that. That's what I was hired for, was the Christmas season. Because I was a ninth grader and theoretically knew my way around a toy store, a toy section, and so... I would hover around the toy area and help parents choose toys for their kids, and then help with the layaways, and help with cleanup, and help with all the things that a ninth grader can do way back on in the dark ages. The old Mr. Uh, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Johnson was the owner of the store. He and his wife, I guess, were uh, were the people who proprieted the store. He was old. Oh, man, he was an old guy. He was like 65. <laughs> <laughs> <old>. <laughs> he was an old guy! And so I would work and work, and I worked for a couple of weeks, there and finally had saved up a little money for my paycheck, and he said, well, you know, what are you going to buy? Do you want to buy anything in the store? We give a discount for all the employees. And I said, yes, I want an electric blanket. <laughs> That's what I got. I got a nice, warm, green electric blanket when I was ninth grade. High school, back in the mm, early '60s, somewhere in there, and I take it home, and oh, I was the I was the envy of my family. Even my parents didn't have a an electric blanket. My brothers and sisters certainly didn't, and we lived in an old country, rural, wooden-sided, non-insulated house that it was cold in that house at night when you went to bed, and I would turn that blanket on. And I'd get into that warm bed, and I would have a good night's sleep, and then sometimes my brothers would come over and want to sleep with me, and I might let them. I might, if they weren't being nice to me during the day, I'd kick them out of that bed. Nope! Can't be underneath my nice warm blanket. Nope! Uh-uh! And now, in fact, what happened to that? Oh, I know what happened to that electric blanket. I know what happened to it. I, (laughs) after some time, I wrapped it up and didn't take it to college and just had it. I knew where it was in a bag. And about... 15 years ago, I needed a propagation warming mat. Yeah, propagation warming mat where I could make cuttings and start seedlings and stuff like that in my basement. And so I took out the electric blanket and laid it out, doubled it over a couple of times, and laid it out, covered it in plastic, and uh, warmed things, warmed the, the, the soil that I was starting seeds and cuttings in. It worked really well. So one of the things that I remember it saying on the label for the electric blanket is, Do not get wet. Do not, uh uh-uh, don't put water around this electric blanket. But inevitably, in a little greenhouse situation, water is going to get underneath the plastic, and water did get underneath the plastic, and water did short out the thing. And I remember this little puff of (laughs) smoke (laughs) when I was down there working. (laughs) today. A little smoke at the corner of the electric blanket, and that was it. That was all the electric blanket could do. (laughs) And it was gone. It no longer worked anymore, and I, I threw it out. But now, today, one of the best things that I ever bought, this has been three or four years ago now, I guess, is not an electric blanket, but a sheet warmer. It goes underneath the mattress cover on my bed, and you turn it on at night just before you go to bed, and it warms up the sheets. It's really, really nice. Ooh, it's nice. So I have a nice sheet warmer that warms up the bed. I turn it off before I go into bed, and that is what makes my life better. Pleasant. That is what I am thankful for. The other thing I'm thankful for is having friends like my friends Nicole down in Griffin, Georgia. Hey, Nicole. Missouri. Did you have? Do you have an electric blanket?
3: Well, I was thinking while you were ta- talking that the only, one, the only time I use an electric blanket, I was in the truck and uh, <coughs> it was a double sleeper boat, and it was like uh, California. It was yeah. not cold, you know. But boy, it was really attractive to sleep in this blanket because I didn't have to, to uh, run the engine, yeah, you know. Sure. But I find out my skin got so dry because it was falling asleep and it was too hot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was thinking, man, the more they got older, they get... A lot cooler ass woman. Yeah, <laughs> we got hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Ah. If you turn it up high, I hear you can bake a potato underneath there. So you can oh, no. bake, bake yourself underneath your electric blanket in the truck. That would be good.
3: Oh, no, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you want to talk about today, Nicole?
3: Well, um forcing Bob.
2: Yes. I bought some,
3: Mr. Reeves, 75% on sale. Yeah, sure hyacinth and paper white and I know I'm a little late this year, okay? Because usually I have started them September, but put yeah. them outside yeah. and uh, they have time to form um, a lot of uh, mm. underneath. Yeah, you get
2: the roots here.
3: Sure. Yeah. But this year, you know what I did one time? I put it a lot of, um, uh, when you go to the, to the beach, you always come back with shells. Yeah, sure. And I put them in the bleach to make sure nothing left inside, you know, warm or anything. And I put that in a glass bowl, and I watched that all winter. Oh, no, it just went all yeah. the way. Yeah. But I was, my question is, I did one time, uh, I left it around 40 degrees when it's dark. And I had a lot of success. For some, for some reason, they blew right away when I got them awesome. out, you know. Is I, that me, or is this better to do that? With-
2: well, it's always it's always good to claim credit for anything good that happens in the world. So I'm sure it was you. I'm sure it was you, Nicole. But this, you know, if you've got these bulbs and they're late to get started, forcing and putting them in a bowl of water with rocks or shells or anything else you want to do, they're still going to bloom. They may not bloom on Christmas Day, but they're going to bloom sometime in January, probably. So they were 75% off. you got to take advantage of that. Put them in the rocks and get the water to them, and we'll see when they bloom. We'll enjoy them then.
3: Oh, yeah. I was just, but I was thinking that Around forty degrees, they don't have the light, so right. I put them in the closet. Yeah. And boy, we're just surprised when I get the, them out, you know. But then again, it starts with good bulb.
2: If you have a nice. I don't know if juicy is the right word Firm you know, Something that feels like an onion Not all papery and dried up or anything If you have a good bulb, yeah sure They'll they'll force, they'll come up and bloom Again, just in water Just the base of the bulb For listeners who don't know how to do this You just buy amaryllis, paper whites, hyacinths Put them in a little bowl with some rocks underneath Just the base of the bulb in the water Roots will come out The top of the bulb will open up with leaves You'll get flowers in three or four weeks And you can enjoy them Yeah, uh,
3: the the amount of water cannot go um, over, you know, around it, just a little bit, you know, because they're going to rot if you put
2: too much water. Do you remember last year that that I gave uh, paper wipes to Scott and Ashley, and they Put vodka around the base of the plant to retard the uh, l- to retard the stems getting so long that they flop over, and that works fine for listeners who want to know how to do this. you can go to my website and just look up the word vodka <laughs> or vodka paper whites or narcissists or something like that, but you put alcohol in the water, it makes the stems stay shorter and so it doesn't flop over like paper white sometimes will
3: all right. Yeah.
2: See a little. Another science. way
3: to use vodka. <laughs>
2: Another way to use vodka. I don't want to know about the other ways you use vodka. To go. I don't want to know what you drive with that long haul truck and using vodka in it either. Oh no, no. no. Vodka. We don't do that. Uh,
3: so uh, the, uh, the alcohol makes the stem shorter.
2: Yeah. It uh, inhibits uh, formation of the hormones that cause things to get long on a plant. And so doing that, and it was, I think, discovered or publicized or something like that by a grad student in a college somewhere that had heard this and just wondered if it would work. And lo and behold, it worked just fine. So it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting.
3: Ashley's off with
2: off with there. Ashley is here. Thank goodness, Ashley has come around the uh, traffic and she's here. So I'm glad to see her here. She was tied up in traffic earlier this morning, but she is here, and that is great. We'll have a great show this morning. Nicole, it's great talking to you. We'll see you next Saturday. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well. At six seventeen, we'll be back to more lawn and garden after this.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need.
2: And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Forget (laughs) Forget the outdoors, my friends. Indoors is where you want to be today because it will be C-O-L-D, cold. Nothing but sunshine all day. Afternoon highs in the upper 40s. Maybe get out a little bit, but it's going to be cold. Clear skies are raining tonight. Overnight low around 30 degrees. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast Comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We'll have it in the next half hour. Chris from Kent wants to know about how to prune his Encore azaleas. Mildred wants to know about his miracle Grow powder expire. Great question. Does miracle Grow fertilizer expire? Bob wants to know about his messed up pruning of his pear tree. Right now, Joe is in Atlanta. GA joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Joe. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Walt. How you doing,
2: sir? All right, man. How can I help? Well, uh, now that we've begun to get just a little rain, now I want to know, yeah, is it yeah. okay now to go ahead and put my fescue seeds down? Oh, Joe, 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 Joe! I know, I, I know. know. I mean, I mean I, it was a very, very, very difficult question this fall because the dry weather held on for so, absolutely so long it that you is. thought, I'm not going to put any fescue to waste my time on dry, dusty <laughs> soil. No, no way. And now that the rain has come, it, the temperatures have fallen off a cliff, and now soil temperatures are down in the 40s, and fescue doesn't like to germinate when it's down in the 40s. Mm. Ah, so let me let's get a little background. Joe, how big of an area does it have grass on it now? Is it bare? What's going on?
3: No, no, it's about
0: I would say about at least between 60 to 70 percent poor.
2: Okay, yeah. You know what I would do? I might try the ryegrass fescue grass mixture that we recommend for. Uh, cold soil germination, I guess is the right way to describe this. Right. Ryegrass. Go get some annual ryegrass. You get it for cheap and easy. You can get it from the nurseries and big box stores and things like that. Ryegrass. But okay. don't mix... But do mix the ryegrass with fescue, because eventually we want fescue to be your main lawn there, and the ryegrass dies when it gets hot next summer. Mix right. a mixture of about um, two pounds of ryegrass to three pounds of fescue. Two pounds of ryegrass, three pounds of fescue. You're gonna spread that, Joe, at a rate of around five pounds of the total mixture per thousand square feet. So you first thing, figure out how many thousand square feet you have. That's easy. Multiply side by side. How many thousand right. feet do you have? And figure from that, well, I need about 5 pounds per 1,000. Okay, let's say you need 10 pounds. And so we know the ratio is 2 pounds to 3. So there's 4 pounds to 6. So we get 4 pounds of ryegrass seed, 6 pounds of fescue seed. Not much. You won't need much for this area, granted. Okay. But uh, still in all, that's how I would do it. I would figure out the total area you're going to seed, mix the ryegrass with the fescue at a 2 to 3 ratio. Put it on the ground, and if you're lucky, and we've got a couple of days where some warm sun hits the soil and warms it up a little bit into the very, very high 40s, low 50s, Joe, I think you're going to have some fescue by next March or, or April. Fertilize a little bit. Of course, Joe, we need a little fertilizer to kick it along, but I think now you can still plant the mixture of rye and fescue and have success. It's 628 News Talk WSB. Back to more London Garden After News.
1: This smell like turpentine and look like neon red. I held my nose I close my eyes I took a drink. Live and festive in the Public's Holiday Headquarters Studio at
2: WSB. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful in whatever you want to do in your garden. And don't forget, there are things yet to do in gardens, even when it's 26 degrees outside, even if your garden perhaps is indoors. If you have questions about your Thanksgiving cactus, your Christmas cactus, if you don't know the difference between a Thanksgiving cactus and a Christmas cactus, the number's easy to remember, 404-872-0750. Mildred is out in Lithonia and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey Mildred, good morning.
3: Well good morning Walter. I have a question for you about the milk Yes, I ma'am. have some milk grow that I've had for over five years. Yeah. I don't know exactly what year about it, but it's it still in the good?
2: It is very likely just as good today as it was five years ago. Probably I- so.
3: Oh, I disputed that, so I I lost that bet. (laughs) (laughs) So my second question is, okay, now I I want to buy a couple of houseplants, and I need something that's easy to take care of. Mm. And um, what would you suggest? I want green that's
4: really
2: Three. I've got three houseplants that are they're so easy to take care of, I have not been able to kill mine, and that is pretty easy and tough, and something you can count on to be here next week. Um, I've got three of them. right, number one. Mm -hmm. One that, it has two rude names for it. Forgive me, Mildred, for using these two rude names, but one is called either Mother-in-Law's Tongue or Snake Plant. Those are the two rude names for it. So you have Mother-in-Law's Tongue or Snake Plant. If you go to a Garden Center and use those names They'll know exactly what you mean That's the first one Number two um, Peace lily Peace lily is easy to take care of Rarely requires any care Other than don't overwater it And peace lilies will have little white flowers And pretty green glossy leaves And they grow in just about any environment Dark or light inside the house So peace lily, that's number two Um, Number three is a vine called pothos, P-O-T-H-O-S, pothos vine. And there's one that's a little variegated one, sort of yellow, golden pothos, I guess you'd call it. Either one's fine. But uh, the pothos vine and the snake plant and the um, peace lily, if you got one or all three of those, you would have a house plant that would stay with you for a long time, Mildred. But what? When you
3: spent uh, the it a long time. Yeah. I think it's called mother in law's tongue because it doesn't, it's
2: hard to kill. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that, Mildred. I'm not going but to say no that.
3: Way. I mean, i heard that, I didn't make that up.
2: <laughs> I have had several very nice mother in laws, and they're all still living, so I'm not going to say anything <laughs> about I have, I
3: have to. But anyway, I, I appreciate your show. And I hope
2: you and your staff have a very Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, Mildred. Thanks for calling. Okay,
3: thank
2: you. By the way, one of the things that Mildred brought up is deserves a little bit more explanation. She asked, does miracle Grow fertilizer go bad? And, you know, even though we call it fertilizer, you know... It is a chemical. It's made up of chemicals, and those chemicals don't evaporate. They don't um, change or, you know, somehow ameliorate themselves in any way. And so, if you've got that blue Miracle Grow now that you've had in a bag and had in the back of the closet for two, three, four, five years, I guess. And you take it out, sometimes it'll be hard and lumpy if it had a little water that got into it. Sometimes it'll be liquid because it absorbs a little bit of water from the uh, atmosphere around it. But still, the amount of fertilizer, the amount of nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, that are the main ingredients in fertilizer, they have not diminished by much, if at all. 1% maybe, but no big deal. So if you have old fertilizer, you can still use it, the powdered miracle Grow, of course. But if you have old, lumpy Lawn fertilizer. Maybe you go out to the shed. And you think, "Oh man, here's a forty-pound bag of 10-10-10 I bought back in nineteen ninety-nine, <laughs> and it's just a hard rock. Can I use it, or do I have to throw it away? Sure, you can use it if you, you know, have an appropriate place to use the ten, ten, ten. The problem, honestly, is breaking it up. How do you get that hard lump of ten, ten, ten broken up? And I'll tell you that one of my jobs, since I was a child, was to take a tire iron. You know what a tire iron is? No, some of you don't. You know you don't know what it is. A tire iron is a long metal thing that has a pointy end that you use to pry the hubcap off and a hexagonal end that you use to loosen the nuts on your tires, on your car, or your tractor, or your truck. And so you take a tire iron and a 40-pound bag of hard, lumpy tin 10 tin, and you beat it. Just beat the heck out of it. Wham, 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 wham. And that'll break it up into pieces that are about the size of your fist. And then because they're so small, you can't beat them up very much more than that, you spread those on a length of sheet tin, a galvanized piece of sheet tin that you had left over when you roofed your chicken houses, and you lay that out in the driveway where your dad can reach it with the car, and you spread the tin tin fertilizer on the sheet tin, and then your dad goes back and forth over it. <laughs> And crunches all that 10-10-10 up, grinds it down to a powder, and you scrape off the powderized 10-10-10 and put the lumps that he hasn't hit with the tire back on the sheet tin, and he goes over it again and breaks it up again until it's all powderized, and then you go use it in your pasture, on your vegetables, on your lawn, on whatever it is that you have that needs 10-10-10 on it at that particular time. But yes, you can use. Ten, ten, ten. Even though it's all lumpy and rock-like, and if you have a tire iron and a car <laughs> to break it up, you can still use it. Chris and Canton did not know that, but Chris joins us <laughs> on Lawn and Garden this morning. Hey, Chris.
4: Good morning, Walter. Hey, Chris. Uh, when's a good time to prune back the uh, azaleas? Before I don't want to lose the blooms for spring.
2: Maybe if you prune them now, you're going to lose blooms for the spring because they've already started forming. They're about halfway to three quarters of the way done now, on an Encore azalea or any kind of azalea for that matter. So if you prune now, Chris, you're not going to have flowers in spring.
0: I won't prune them
2: then. Well, I guess that's the right answer. If you wait till right after, and you know Encore azaleas are, they're confusing honestly because they bloom two or three times maybe in a year so you think oh, sh- when am I supposed to prune these right. silly things but exactly. the, the right time to prune is after that first springtime bloom a big heavy springtime bloom so I would say sometime in what late April you guess first of May somewhere in there and prune it then if it's too big and then if you need to prune a little bit during the summer it doesn't hurt to prune some in the summer it still is able to form buds for the summer bloom And if you had to nip and tuck a little bit during the late summer for the fall, before the fall bloom, it would still bloom pretty well in the fall.
4: I actually had some uh, two two or three weeks ago when it was still warm that had bloomed. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. The crazy how in the world Buddy Lee, the guy (laughs) who hybridized these things, how in the world Buddy Lee got such good performance out of an azalea. He just knew that if he crossed this late blooming azalea with an early blooming azalea, he would somehow find something interesting. And Lord help us, how many thousand million Encore azaleas have been planted around the southeast? One guy, Buddy Lee, he's the guy who figured it out, and now we get blooms in October and November.
4: Yeah, they're amazing. I love those plants. But yeah, I appreciate it. I'll just wait till after uh, the first bloom. Thanks yeah, Chris. All.
2: all right, man. We'll see you soon four oh four eight seven two zero seven fifty get you in to take Chris's place right there. We got Beverly on the line. Beverly's in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Hey Beverly, good morning. Good
4: morning. Good morning.
2: Good morning. How can I help
4: uh, I'm my landscaper laid from the Muter Sod this past Tuesday. Yeah. And I'm wondering what's the what's the watering schedule should be should look like now. What should I do
2: to take care of it? You are so smart, Beverly, because if there's anything that will keep it alive, it's watering properly. If there's anything that will kill it, it is not watering properly. It doesn't have anything to do with fertilizer or anything other than making sure the sod doesn't dry out. And uh, Bermuda, unlike zoysia and the rest of them, will actually root pretty well into cool soil. So not as fast as it would in May and June, but it will root pretty well as long as it doesn't dry out. So the watering schedule though, Beverly, is difficult to figure out other than by just your own going out and lifting it up and patting it with your hand and sticking your finger on it and making sure it doesn't get dried out. I would think that it would take on a windy couple of days, it would take watering every day, and not much quarter of an inch, if that. But you will have to go out and sort of feel the corners and make sure you've soaked it a little bit. Not soggy soaking, but just a little bit of soak to the sod. And if it's just cold and sunny then maybe every day or two on there. Again, using okay. your judgment to go out and examine and see what goes on. But that's, you know, that's basically it. Don't let it dry out. And the Bermuda will slowly root down and hopefully next spring come up green and everybody's happy.
3: Oh, all
4: right. I know we're getting rain Monday or yeah. Tuesday.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so, so that's I... good. You have to keep an eye on the weather too. Don't make, don't you know, add more water when it's not needed. No fertilizer, by the way, Beverly. Nothing needed right. for fertilizer at all. Uh, as long as it's kept moist and not soggy, moist but not dry, the Bermuda will root down. All right. All right. Thank you. It's wonderful talking to you, Beverly. Thanks for calling. All right, bye bye. Six forty-five. Do we have time? Yes, we do have time for Candy. So, excuse me, Cindy. Cindy's up in coming Georgia and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Cindy. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Walter. How can I help? I have a uh, Christmas cactus, and I heard you say Thanksgiving, Christmas cactus. So I'm not sure which. It always blooms between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm. I have repotted it uh, twice. It is very happy. It grows like crazy. It's a giant. Yeah. And it's it's so heavy with blooms right now, I, I feel like I need to go to an even bigger pot. Wow. And I don't know if I need to split the plant, if I just pull the roots apart when I do that, or do I wait till it's not blooming to do that? But it's like it's a giant.
2: <laughs> well, since since you mentioned that there is a difference between Christmas and Thanksgiving cactus, I'll tell you how to how to know the difference. It's easy to know. Look at the leaves, they have a scientific name which I'm not going to mention right now but look at the leaves if they have little curved points on the edges of the leaf that is technically a thanksgiving cactus it was primed to bloom around the thanksgiving season points on the leaves thanksgiving cactus no points on the leaves just a round oval christmas cactus Ah. But most of us call them Christmas cactus because they're they're forced to bloom a little bit out of season by keeping them cool during Thanksgiving and warming them up a couple of weeks before Christmas. And then you put them in the garden center and they bloom, and everybody says, oh, Christmas cactus. But they really are Thanksgiving if they have little points on the leaves.
4: Yeah. yeah. So mine's a Thanksgiving cactus. All right.
2: <laughs> so, yes, you can, you know, I frankly would wait until most of the flowers have fallen off, dried up, fallen to the floor underneath it, and do your division then. Because inevitably you're going to have some of the leaves will break off So you take a few of those and stick them in sand Or stick them in the pot beside your mother plant And let those root It's easy to do
4: And so when I pull it out of this main pot it. it the, I mean, I think the roots are going to be like this huge root ball yeah, So I yeah. just go ahead and pull them apart
2: Pull them apart and, Yeah, you'll have okay. two or three or four plants sort of individual plants very likely inside the uh, mass of the root ball if it's a warm day, you can go outside and use the water hose just to wash off as much of the soil as you can because you're going to okay. replace it with fresh soil anyway. So washing right. off the old soil, untangling, wash some more, untangle some more, wash some more, and get all the soil off of it and then divide as you see appropriate with a pair of shears, cut the roots apart here and there, and repot into two or three or four more pots and give some away and have some for yourself.
4: Super. That's exactly what I'll do then. Thank you for
2: your help. All right, Cindy, Thanks for calling. 654 on a Saturday morning. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You probably already know this. It's cold outside. It's 26 degrees right now and it will not get a lot warmer than that today. Maybe 14 degrees more. Highs in the upper 40s. Right, 14, 15 degrees today. Upper 40s today. Clear skies remaining throughout the day. Overnight lows down in the 30s. About 30 degrees tonight. There's still garden things you can do if you have a question. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty, and we'll have your full weekend forecast in ten minutes on News 95.5 and AM seven fifty WSB. And Ashley Frasca this morning is all dressed up and gorgeous as she normally is. Not well, not, not normally, this dressed that's up. Okay. Normally, okay, the <laughs> pajama look is more common. But you're dressed up today because you're going to be at Fred's Barbecue House today for what?
1: Big event every year. WSB listeners and us, the traffic team, look forward to Toys for Tots. And it's now in honor of Captain Herb Emery, who spearheaded this event every year. And it has just become bigger and bigger with the crowds of folks that come out to Lithia Springs, the WSB involvement in the right. event. It's great. So that is today. And if you or kind of feeling the weather was warm for too long and you just weren't really getting in the Christmas spirit yet, today is the day. It makes you feel amazing. So, Fred's Barbecue House, Lithia Springs off Thornton Road. The event is 11 to 6. Motorcycle ride takes off at 11 o'clock. That's $15 per bike. But we're going to be there all day long and actually broadcasting wow. live on WSB from 1 to 4.
2: Wow. So you, Mark Aram, Doug Turnbull, who's going to be Smile there?
1: Smiling, Mark McKay. Oh, man. Uh, may have an appearance by Fred Blankenship, Channel 2 Action News. He stops right. by sometimes all kinds of dignitaries, special guests. And there's so much for the family to do, too. You're, you're giving to a family, you're donating toys for those less fortunate, but then your family gets so much out of it, too. And bring the kids, because there's going to be military tanks and a little train, the helicopter, right. the Skycopter will right. be there. Lots of things to see. And the bomb robot with the GBI, too. Talk about, cool. the,
2: talk about the toys real briefly, Ashley.
1: The Toys for Tots. The need is greater for teenage age boys and girls because those are a little more difficult to shop for. But it has to be a brand-new unwrapped toy. Just bring one, throw it in the box, and join hmm. the party.
2: I'm trying to think, what would a teenager want? I'm
1: thinking journals, maybe some yeah, makeup for makeup boys, would be maybe fun. trading cards or something. Yeah,
2: that'd be cool. Yeah. All, right. All right. Ask a teenager if you need some advice on what to bring, what to get, what kind of toy your teenager would like. Then get that and bring it to Fred's Barbecue House, Lithia Springs. Toys for Tots today from when to when?
1: 11 to 6.
2: 11 to 6 today. Thank you, Ashley. It's 657 and 1 half at News Talk WSB. My number, 404 8720750 will be back right after news. We'll be back right after news. <laughs>